The Tom Woods Show, episode 1733. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. All you men out there, remember you get a close, smooth, comfortable shave every time without breaking the bank with the official razor of the Tom Woods Show, Harry's. Get a Harry's trial set delivered to your doorstep by going to harrys.com woods. Hey everybody, Tom Woods here. The lockdowns have been difficult on, well, pretty much everybody, but they've hit certain industries particularly hard. And really anything involving an audience has been frankly decimated during this time. And there's a lot of uncertainty about the future. So I wanted to know what Phil Labonte thinks and how he's been coping with this uncertainty and with this dry period for live musical performances. Phil Labonte, you will recall from his previous appearance and from your knowledge of metal music, is the vocalist for the metal band All That Remains. He also happens to be an outstanding libertarian and an all-around great guy. Phil, welcome back. Hi, Tom. How you doing? Let's talk about the side of your life that uh, most people know you for. That is your music. Because, man, this whole thing... Tours were being canceled or postponed back in March. Here we are in September, and there's still a lot of uncertainty. Now, in Florida, where I am, there are some venues where uh, a band like yours might conceivably perform that are actually having local bands come back. That doesn't mean that you can necessarily put together a a, a nationwide tour or anything, but there is live music, is my point. Like There are some places where there are bits and pieces of live music. But I guess I want to get some thoughts. I know that some bands have been doing live streams and they've been, you know, AMAs and whatever, just to stay in touch with the fans. What have you guys been doing? Um, well, I stream on Twitch. It's uh, twitch.tv slash fill that remains. Everything on the internet for me is fill that remains. If you want to find me on the internet, just whatever platform you're thinking of, look and see if fill that remains is there. Um, so I stream on Twitch and, uh, you know, I sing all that remains songs. Sometimes I'll do cover songs. Um, do a lot of chatting and hanging out and and talking with fans and stuff. And that has proven to be a really, really enjoyable way to keep in touch with the fans. Obviously, I prefer, you know, touring and playing shows. Uh, I mean, that's that's really why I'm I'm in a band and and stuff is really the the, the live performance part. That that's where because some people in bands like to go into the studio and they like to they like the writing or they like uh, you know the the studio experience or they like uh, you know sometimes people are just in it because they like the party you know so it's, it, the the band is an afterthought and it's the hanging out and the the good times and stuff that come along with it um, for some people but for me it's it's being on stage and connecting with the fans I'm a storyteller I'm a songwriter so when I I'm on stage and I see people mouthing back or singing along words that I've written and and they tend to be things that that are really important to me if I write if I write a song about it and and I see that it connects with them that's really what hits me and that's really what I like yeah. so it, it does I do miss it but the stream is 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 an okay substitute placebo I guess maybe kind of it's not as good as being on tour but or playing live shows but the stream is 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 fun it's been almost a year since I've actually worked you know, like the last tour that we did was was in October of last year. And I don't see, you know, people are talking about tours and and, and shows and stuff uh, next year. But with the political climate, I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't know that that's going to be a, a reality. I don't trust 
obviously don't trust the government, whether it be state governments or federal government. And I don't know that it's going to be something that states are going to be okay with, even though really the death toll and, and the actual danger of COVID seems to have been overblown. You know, I don't, I don't know the next time that we'll be able to get on, out on tour. I'm not sure that all of the cities in the United States aren't going to be on fire next year. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know what to think either. I've seen some people talking seriously about 2021. And I think there's something almost magical in people's minds that when January 1st, 2021 hits, some people feel like, all right, well, we, we've done enough. Now 2020 is over. This could be the first New Year's Day that actually amounts to something where something really does change. I don't know. I am hearing about Scandinavian countries planning metal festivals. And I think that's not absolutely impossible that those might happen in those countries. And, and the question would be, what would be the, what if any travel restrictions would remain at that point? Yeah, as, as I understand it, there are travel restrictions for the U.S. Uh, going to other countries still, but I'm not sure the extent and what it's going to be. And, and uh, I don't feel like we can, can make significant plans because I don't think the government knows what they're doing or knows what they're going to be doing. So for a recording artist, for performers and stuff, you have to plan these things at least you know, at least three months in advance. Usually they're planned six to nine months in advance, you know? So I, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to have a level of certainty to plan that far ahead that maybe we just, we just don't have yet. So meanwhile, I was talking to, probably back in late April or early May, I was talking to our friend Eric July, and he was saying that the venues that he would normally consider when they would go out on tour are just, and this was months ago, they were already on the verge of just calling it quits. They just no way they can continue. Yep. Are you hearing the same thing? Yeah, the same. Uh, so there's there's a couple venues that I've, I've seen uh, information about uh, the venues uh, having closed down. There's a place called the Chameleon Club in Pennsylvania and uh, Lancaster that uh, that is shut down. There's a place called Revolution on Long Island that's shut down. Uh, and I... I I expect it's going to be something that you're going to see a lot of, you know, these places don't have, you know, the margins aren't significantly large. You know, you're not dealing with like 50 or 60% margins where people that own clubs are making money hand over fist or whatever. Uh, that's just not the way that most businesses behave. So, you know, I don't see that there's going to be a lot of, a lot of saving some of these clubs and the longer it goes, the longer it's uh or the, the longer it goes, the more businesses are going to shut down. So, Do you think it's plausible? Uh, it's got to be more plausible that outdoor shows could become acceptable in the nearer future. Maybe. Because outdoors has never been a major vector. I, I've seen in, in, in Finland, I know Insomnium, a band I like, they've, they've done two actual normal shows with normal audiences just in the past month. I think the rest of the world is going to be a different animal compared to the U.S. And I think that a lot of that is because of the the political climate and the actual the government and and what's going on with the election and stuff. I think a lot of the the vast majority of what happens or what the government does um, or what people in the government say is really motivated by the election coming up. And I don't think that you can actually, or at least I don't feel like I can trust what we're hearing from either side of the aisle because. They're so invested in who 
will be elected and who's going to take the, the presidency, which is in and of itself infuriating because this might get into libertarian ideas, but um, you know, the, who the president is shouldn't matter that much. Yeah, of course, in a normal society, that's right. We might not even know his name. It wouldn't matter. You'd think. But unfortunately, now it really, really matters because it, it could be the difference between the country being able to function yep. and not being able to function at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what about other musicians? You talk to them. Like, are there? Because I have to feel, I have to believe that there are some musicians out there Maybe not the gigantic acts, you know, and they can they can sit on their rears for 10 years and it doesn't make any difference to their bottom line, really. But there have to be musicians out there who are thinking, this is a lot of bullshit. And like, enough's enough. We've done everything we can. Now we have to live our lives. But they don't dare say it because they know that all the the, the people out there are going to hector them for, for having a different thought from Dr. Fauci. Yeah. Do you have the sense that there are people out there who kind of believe that? Or are they all saying, well, you know, it's for health. We have to all stay home. What's your impression? My impression is that there are a select few people that have a counter narrative that they kind of fall on. There's there's definitely the people that are Trump supporters that are, you know, that are like, oh, you know, screw it. It's all just a thing. Try and hurt Trump and da, 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 da. But I feel like the majority of the music industry is is really just whatever the Democrats say. That's what they're going to agree with. So, uh, so they're just okay. That just that just surprises me. I thought there would be more people itching to just get out. Because I mean, here's the thing. Now I know this might sound morbid, but I want to think out loud here. I am not saying that somebody should be willing to sacrifice his life to see all that remains. I, okay, I'm not saying that. I'm asking a much, much more abstract question because a lot of the response to this thing has taken the form of assuming that mere biological existence is sufficient. You know, as long as I'm alive physically, <laughs> that's what matters. But if that were true, then it would be perfectly adequate to spend your whole life in a in a, a rubber room with no windows and and getting the pot eating navy beans all day. You know, I mean, like that can't be right. So, so here's my 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 hypothetical question. Forget about COVID. This is just a hypothetical question. Suppose we could save 100,000 lives if we banned music forever. Would we do it? We'd save lives, wouldn't we? Unambiguously, that's the stipulation. You'd save 100,000 lives if you banned music. Would we do it? And I think almost no one would. I think that it depends on who presented the idea. I think that, that people are that, <laughs> That's true. that team. Yeah. I think that people are that team oriented and that dug into their side. Or, or how about this? Forget music. What if I said all the great architectural treasures of Europe, we could save a thousand lives if we burn them all to the ground? <laughs> Would we? Again, I, I think that it depends on who, I really feel like people don't think, Tom. I really think that it doesn't matter what the idea is, that it, the messenger is what's important. I really feel that way. I genuinely believe that because I feel like I've seen people that would be skeptical of government and of, of you know, would be normally skeptical of government uh, jumping right onto the Trump train and saying, well, if Donald Trump says it's okay, then blah, blah, blah. And I feel like people that, would have been skeptical of government when President Obama was president. I, I feel like they've jumped right onto the, the if the government says, but it, it all depends on who's presenting the idea. I don't feel like we have a, a, a very thoughtful population anymore. I really think it's very tribal. And I think, and I, this is not a, this is a bad thing in my opinion, it's terrible. 
But I really do think that, that who presents the idea is far more important than what the idea is for the vast majority of people, at least in the United States. I think in previous years, maybe even previous months, I would have argued with you about this, but I, I can't argue with that. It's just everywhere around us. <laughs> it's terrifying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. That's why sometimes these days, some of the more effective memes would be things where they list all the terrible things that Trump did. And then at the end, they say, oh, by the way, Obama did all this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put a picture of Trump here to distract you, but these are all things Obama did, you know, and vice versa. Yeah, it, Here's a picture of Obama. Exactly. Trump actually did all these things. Get them to think, try at least. Yeah, it's infuriating. And and I really, like, I really do think that, that even if I'm not 100% right, I think that generally I'm probably pretty close with that idea. The idea doesn't matter. It's who presents it. It's, is it my team or is it their team? Currently, there's there's a, a bit of a disagreement going on with a friend of mine who absolutely hates Donald Trump. And fine, I, I'm not a Trump defender. He's, I think he's got an authoritarian streak a mile wide. And there are things that he's done that are good, but there are things that he's done that are, that are very, very anti-liberty. And so I'm not a, a pro-Trump kind of guy. This guy hates Trump so much that when I said, look, you know, Trump is a symptom of problems in our society. He's not a cause. And his reply was, oh, you're, that's, that's willful ignorance and blah, blah, blah. It's all Trump's fault. And I'm like, look, the riots that are going on right now, these are an extension of the riots that started, the Ferguson riots that started when, when uh, Michael Brown was killed. And that happened under, you know, under the Obama administration. And his reply was, oh, but Obama, huh? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I didn't blame Barack Obama. I said, that's when it started. That's, that's all that I said. I didn't say it was Obama's fault. I'm saying that it's not Trump's fault, that there are underlying problems in our society, and these are the results of it, or these are the, these are the symptoms of the problems, but these aren't, these aren't the actual problems. And all that he could say is, oh, Trump did this, and Trump did that, and da-da-da, and I hate Trump. And if that's your perspective, you can't talk to someone like that. Yeah, I know. Or at least you can't get through to them. I know. Now, to some degree, some people did that with Obama. It wasn't nearly this crazed and deranged and irrational. Sure. But, but it was Obama this and Obama that. And I remember thinking, yeah. I wish I could be as optimistic as these people where they think it's just one bad president. You know, if we could just right. undo. Well, I wish I had that kind of an outlook on the world. I'd, I'd feel a lot better. If it was just President Trump, that, if that was the only problem, I wouldn't be like, I've, I've got a really, 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 I mean, some of your listeners are familiar with the term like red pill and blue pill and white pill and black pill. I'm real black pilled. I have very, very, very negative or really pessimistic opinions about what the next couple of years, possibly next, next decade are going to be like in the US. I think it's going to get really, really bad. And I think that we're only getting a taste. I'm really pessimistic. If it was just Trump, I would not be pessimistic. I'd be like, eh, he's going to be out. He'll be either be out now or he'll be out in four years and then everything will be fine. Right. But it's not. No. Like, I really don't believe that it's Trump. I think that there's all the neo-Marxists and all the, the, the communists that are the, the ones that are inciting the riots and stuff like that, because there's probably good intention people that are in the, in the protests and maybe some good intention people that are hanging out at night that probably should go home. But it's really driven by the politically motivated and, and the, the neo-Marxists and stuff like that. And that wasn't caused by Donald Trump. Those, those ideas have been stewing in the academy for the better part of three decades now. And so the idea that it's just Trump and that if Trump just goes away, all these problems go away, that to me is, is absurd. It's a ridiculous proposal. You know? and, and the idea that Trump just 
you know, got into office and that's why everything is going bad. That's just, that's so, so absurd to me and so, so narrow of, of a perspective, you know? Hey everyone, let's take just a quick moment to thank such a great, stalwart, long-standing sponsor, namely Harry's Razors, the official razors of the Tom Woods Show. And you may say to me, Woods, what could you possibly have to tell me that's new about Harry's Razors? What could you tell me that I don't know already? I've heard you say over and over that they give you an amazing, close, comfortable shave, that as a bearded guy, you're shaving your neck area and that's super sensitive and you trust it to Harry's razors because you know it's gonna come out great and you're not gonna wind up a bloody mess, but you're gonna look awesome. Is there anything else to tell me? And the answer is, doggone it, there is. Harry's just came out with their sharpest blades ever. And unlike some other razor companies we won't mention, they're not charging you more for their product improvements. These new blades are so sharp that in a study with guys shaving four times a week, the guys reported that with Harry's new blades, their eighth shave was as smooth as their first. And their convenient blades are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. So give Harry's sharpest blades ever a try. Harry's has an amazing offer for listeners of my show. New U.S. customers can redeem a Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash woods. You'll get a five-blade razor featuring their new sharper blades, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover to protect your blade when you're on the go. Just go to harrys.com slash woods and redeem your trial offer today. I want to get back to music for a minute because, you know, you and I are fans of some bands that are extremely uh, niche, let's say, you know, that, that don't have, uh, yeah, for sure. you know, that, that, that don't fill 100,000 seat arenas, uh, you know, stadiums, let's say. <laughs> okay. And, and who many of them can't make a full-time living at music. They do something else. And then when they can, they tour and they make music because they, they love doing it. And, and if they can keep their head above water and be in the black, all the better but they do it because they love doing it, uh, not for fame that they don't have and all, all that. And I yeah. wonder, is this period that we're enduring right now, is this discouraging some of them to the point of giving up? I don't think so. And part of the reason that I don't think so is I don't think that anyone, I think that nowadays people look at being a musician and being an artist in a significantly different way than I did. So when I started, when I started All That Remains in the 90s, and even before then, I was into really extreme music in the mid-90s. And I didn't expect to be a full-time musician. When I went and saw, you know, Grave or Entombed, I knew that those guys, uh, you know, they're, they're European bands. And I knew that they all had, like, regular jobs. Or I knew that the, the Swede, like, the, for instance, the Swedish government will pay people if they're in bands because it, it's exporting Swedish music and stuff like that. And I knew that that kind of stuff happened. And, and, and so they didn't make money enough, or enough money to be considered, you know, to be, to be self-sufficient just from the music. And, and so I started playing in bands and touring with no expectation of being a successful musician that would pay, you know, that would be able to pay his bills just by being music. So for me, it's always been kind of, like everything's been kind of a bonus for me because I can do this as just my job. You know, this is the only thing that I do. Nowadays, people look at use the can use the internet and use, you know, sites like YouTube and and Twitch and and streaming services and and et cetera. And you can make uh make a decent living, you know, if you make a quality product. You know, people like Jared Dines or people like uh who else does it? Uh, Nick Nocturnal. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of a lot of people that are YouTube guys that 
you know, they'll do a bunch of things and they'll make original music, but they'll also make content, which all that songs are is content, really. So they'll make a YouTube video every two or three days or every, you know, once a week, or maybe sometimes they'll do short videos and they do them every day. And that's a way that you can actually make money and be a musician. And some people, you know, some people tour. Like I, I, I would still, you know, I'll still be going on tour, uh, you know, once we, once, if touring comes back and, and America doesn't burn down. So I think that, that there's a lot of options nowadays and, and it's a different animal than it was 20 or 30 years ago. This is totally irrelevant to probably most people listening. <laughs> I just want to know, do you have any theory as to why, let's say uh, Sweden has about 10 million people in it today. Denmark, I think, has about half that many. I don't know how many people live in Finland, but we're, we're not talking about gigantic countries by any means. And yet they are vastly disproportionate in terms of metal bands. Do you have any idea why that should be? Because it's the winter's so long. Oh. It's cold and you can't go outside. You got nothing to do. Yeah, but why so, metal in particular? They could be composing symphonies. Maybe. Um, I don't, I'm not 100%. I don't know that I have an opinion on why metal, um, other than metal's kind of awesome. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, but, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I, I mean, I don't know why metal particularly, but I think that the, the fact that they're significantly limited by, I mean, have you ever been to Sweden in December? I've never been it, there like, at it, all. It gets, it's dark at like, it's dark at three, like not getting dark. It's dark at three in the afternoon and the sun comes up at like eight and it doesn't get, you know, it doesn't really get bright until nine. I mean, being in a band, if you're there in the wintertime, you're up late, you wake up, if you're, if you're a, a night owl kind of person, you will not see the sun for, the, for an entire tour if you're there. You can go to Europe for a month and you don't see the sun, but like, except for when you're down in like Italy, you know, it's, it's, it's rough. So I think that the, the fact that there's the, the winters are so long and, and cold and deep has something to do with uh, how there are so many musicians in, in the Scandinavian countries. I'm curious about your opinion on, uh, let's say, the status of metal right now in terms of whether it's you know, on an upswing or a downswing. Like if I type in, and I realize this is only one part of metal, but if I type in death metal bands into Google, almost every band that comes up says, you know, founded 1990, founded 1984, founded... Okay, where's the one from 2015? Where's the... So where do you think it's all going? I don't know. I think that I, I'm really bad at predicting... Uh, where well, music's going to well, go. Where do you think I, it is I, now? Sh- where do you think it is right now as compared to when you get started? Again, I'm not 100% sure. I think that metal music is, on one hand, more accepted than it's ever been because of how easy it is for people to find it. I mean, when I was, when I was growing up, if I wanted to find metal bands, I literally had to physically go to the one store that had uh, metal bands records right like there was this place called uh the music outlet in enfield massachusetts i'm sorry enfield connecticut and it was like i had to leave massachusetts drive half an hour and at 14 15 years old that's not easy to get your mom to do that every week yeah (laughs) but you would have to actually go and we hadn't heard the bands we didn't know what they sounded like we were very frequently go by what the cover looked like if it looked like something brutal and gory and stuff, then we'd be like, all right, I'll, I'll check this out, you know? And nowadays, you know, it's just a search away. 
So I don't know, I don't know what comes next or what, uh, I don't know that I can take the temperature of the music industry. I think that it changes so fast and, and, and stuff. Now, I do think that it, there are bands that have been around that are profitable that will always get the attention and they'll always get, get people promoting them because they're the old school or kind of bands. You know, I mean, Cannibal Corpse started in the 80s and, and, and you're right, there are a ton of bands that, uh, you know, they started 20, 30 years ago. So, and I don't know, I don't know of any really new bands or very many new bands that are, that are really heavy metal that are, that are worth it. I mean, the, the most, the newest band that I'm kind of into, they're not really a metal band. They're, they're more of a prog band. They're called Polyphia and they're great. Our guitar player, Jason Richardson played a song on, or played a, uh, played on their record a little bit and, or played on a song on their record. And, uh, so I recommend everyone check them out. Um, but I don't, I don't have like feelers out that could really like, you know, give people info on the, uh, the metal community or what's hot in the metal world right now at all. Well, I was just curious because I, you know, I want it to do well. And so I do these searches, these, uh, you know, these uh, web searches. And when I get results like that, it makes me feel sad. Like, well, maybe I, you know, maybe in 10 years, all these bands will be gone and nobody's going to replace them. That was what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, I, I I understand that, and and I think that you might be right, but I don't I don't know where to go to find new bands. I think that you're probably going to be looking. I mean, look at Metallica, man. Like people, Metallica is still the biggest band in the world, and those dudes are in their sixties or at least pushing sixty, if not. And you know, I, again, I'm not taking anything away from Metallica at all, but there there's not going to be another band that's going to be as big as Metallica. I think the days of of bands that are gigantic like Metallica or like, you know, like the Beatles or like Guns N' Roses, I think those days might be gone because of how many options there are. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. I, I, just out of my own curiosity, I want to know what kind of things you do to make sure you don't ruin your voice with some of the vocals you have to do. Seems like that could happen very well, easily. Yeah, I, well, I, I don't drink anymore. It's been a few years, three three years now since I've I've had any had a, a drink. So I quit drinking. Um, I don't eat spicy foods because I've got acid reflux, both the drinking and the spicy foods. Because I used to love spicy foods. I, I mean, I still love spicy foods, but I used to eat them all the time, and I can't. And it it, it crushes my soul when I think about it. Um, but, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I know. I quit smoking a year ago. Um, I warm up before every, t- like every day before I do my stream, I warm up and, and I warm up before we play shows. And that I think is, is the most important thing you can do is, is warm up, you know, make sure that you're, you're getting your, your body prepared for what you're going to do. Cause it is, it is, uh, for lack of a better term, it is fairly athletic. You're asking your body to respond to, you know, the input that you, you give it and you want it to perform in a certain way. And, and even though it's, it's vocal cords, your vocal cords are still just muscles. They're there or they're controlled by muscles and they're, they're tendons basically that are, you know, it, it behaves like any other part of your body. And that's, that's part of the reason why people ask me, Oh, what do you, do you, do you drink this tea or do you take this thing? And I'm, and I'm always like, all that stuff is just mumbo jumbo. Because your vocal cords are in your voice box, your voice box is on your way to your lungs, and all it takes is a teardrop amount of fluid going into your your windpipe 
for you to to have a reaction where you're coughing and and your body free you know your your windpipe freezes up and and your body's like no 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 you know so all that stuff to me is is it's not beneficial because your voice box and 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 your vocal cords are like any other you know muscular part of your body if it gets inflamed it needs rest and you shouldn't use it and and those are the best things to to do to to make sure that you stay in in top health you you want to make sure that you exercise it properly that you warm it up before you use it and that you give it proper rest afterwards i was wondering if there was anything more complicated than that but i guess it's just common sense yeah it okay. is it really is and and to think of it like any other athletic activity is is really the the best way to to take care of it if you think of it like an ath- athletic activity again warm up uh, and make sure that you give your give your vocal cords proper rest afterwards. You you can do this kind of stuff for a long long time. And and I'm, uh, you know I'm I'm proof of that. You know I I sing when I stream. I usually sing for an hour, you know, or a little bit more, four times a week. And then you know it's it's not it's not a problem. I don't blow my voice up just so long as I'm in shape and I'm conditioned properly. And and I make sure I get enough sleep. And that's one of the big things. People don't think about how important rest is because just like any other athletic thing, if you if you strain your muscle, you got to give it time to rest. You got to make sure you're eating and getting water, you know, you're hydrated and you're 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 staying off the whatever's hurt and you're you're making sure that it has time to heal because that's what it has to do. You're maybe you're familiar with a. I think they're a Swedish band, Dark Tranquility. They've been around a long time. Yep. I just saw that yep. they've got a new album coming out next year, next uh, month, and and that made me think of uh, just one other thing I'd want to ask you. Would you release new music under these conditions where you couldn't tour to promote it? Um, I mean, we we have a record deal uh, where our label has an option, so we don't get to say no. Oh, okay. Because they they get to say we are going to exercise our option and we've already agreed to it so yes we would because they would say and they're going to give us the money to do it anyway so i will take your money yeah. whether or not we can go and tour to promote this record i will still take your money um if we were not on a record if we didn't have a record deal i probably wouldn't do a complete record but a band like say for instance, a band called Periphery, if you're interested, again, another progressive band. Um, I think that they put records out on their own label and they do stuff, they do a lot of stuff on YouTube and that's where it's going to be uh, in the future. The idea of putting out a, a full label, a, f- a full length record on a label, those those things are going to become more and more rare as time goes on. Labels are really, really, they should have been on this 20 years ago. They should have realized that Lars Ulrich was right and that the music industry was changing and they should have been preparing for it. But they have, they didn't. What they did was they squeezed on onto the old model and, and have tried to do everything they can to prevent music from getting out and 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 becoming just the idea that it is really. I mean, that's all a song is. It's it's not something that's that can be controlled like a, you know, if you're making a widget, you know, it's just zeros and ones now. So to try and control that is is just a it's a, a fool's errand. And I think that that's that's what's gonna happen more and more frequently. The guy from Spotify, uh, the owner, which I think Spotify is a, a I hate that company. I hate I hate Spotify, but I understand why 
users like it. But he had made some remark uh, about, oh, well, you know, bands have to stop thinking that they can just put out a record every, you know, blah, 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 every couple years or whatever and think that's going to be enough. And that, coming from him, it was really, really galling because Spotify has made it really hard for bands to make any money off of content they produce, right? Like they essentially their business model is I will buy this song one time and then I'll let all my friends listen to it whenever they want. That's their, that's their business model. They purchase the, you know, they, they get the record or the song or whatever, then they put it up on their, on their hosting site and they just let people use it and get access to their hosting site whenever they feel like it. And that has done a lot to harm uh, creators. So coming from him, it was really galling. But there is some truth to the idea that if you want to make a significant return on your on your brand or whatever, it is better to put out more content more frequently. So instead of putting out a record every two years, maybe it is better to put out three songs every every quarter, you know, or something like that. And now, because of technology, it's more plausible that you could do that. You can release one song, two songs, three songs, no problem. Yeah, it, it's, it's just that making making a tour work becomes more yes, difficult right. because the because the the overhead on a tour. I mean, we can't go on tour with a like the average tour for us a thirty day tour with our crew and us. Like that's about a half a million dollars is the overhead for the the thirty days or so right around there. Well, you know, you got to promote for a certain amount of time to be able to make sure that the venues have, uh, you know, are, are going to be full or going to have the people that all the people that would want to come see you make sure that they know about it. I can't tell you how many times we'll play a town and then three days later, someone hits me up. When's the next time you're coming to my town? And I'm like, we were literally just there three days ago. Oh, well, I, I had to work. Well, I mean, I get that, but we can't be in your town. Like we can't check with you to make sure that you don't have to work or you can get the day off. Or they're like, oh, I didn't know. I had no idea that you came through. And it's like, well, you know, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. We put the stuff on our website and I know that the venue puts the stuff on their website. But that's part of the reason why, going back to what we were talking about earlier with venues closing down, the fact that venues close hurts live music in, in multiple ways. And one of the ways is, people that go to see heavy bands know what clubs those bands go to. So it makes it much easier for them to find out who's coming to town when, because they don't have to go and find out, Hey, what band is on tour and what band just put out a record and what, what band is on cycling, da, 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 da. All they have to do is go to the website of their local venue that they know has the bands they like coming to. Yeah, that's why I like check. certain um, venues on Facebook so that I'll see in right? my feed who's coming. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and so it, it does, it's, it's, it's a, a difficult thing to replace when a, a, a venue that plays, you know, that has metal bands, uh, you know, closes. I mean, it's, it's easy to figure out when bands that are playing arenas are going on tour. You know, they, they've got millions of dollars in promotion for the whole tour and et cetera, et cetera. If you're dealing with bands that are playing theaters or clubs, you know, it becomes more difficult. So you need a theater or a club that constantly has metal bands. If there's a metal band on tour, they're going there. And, and, and everyone knows, you know, without that, again, that hurts the live music scene. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of uh, 
a lot of repercussions from from COVID and from these lockdowns that that we're, we're going to be trying to hammer out and 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 adjust and and, and stuff for for quite some time. No, I don't uh, envy you guys, and I mean I I'm prepared to go to every show that I can possibly go to, if, you know, if and when things become normal. I mean, I, I'm willing to do my part. Promote things and whatever, because <laughs> it's part of my, you know, it's how I enjoy my life too. Is is being on the yeah. consuming end of it. Yep. So I want you guys to prosper. All right, I want people to um, follow you. So of course, Phil that remains is the tag for any social media platform you think Phil might be on. It would be Phil that remains. So I'll have that yep. stuff up on the show notes page, tomwoods.com/slash/seventeen-thirty-three. And then, do you want to give anybody maybe a, an intro to all that remains? Like, what you know, your proudest moment? If you want people to dip their toe in, where would they do it? Uh, well, look, if you're if you're into the heavy stuff, then we've got something for you. Um, our our most recent record called uh, "Victim of the New Disease." has some really, really, really heavy stuff on it. Uh, historically, we've got a lot of heavy stuff in our, our catalog, but we've also got some stuff that uh, maybe if you aren't aren't well initiated into the really heavy metal, um, there's stuff that we have that might appeal to you. We've got a great cover of uh, The Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks that that people have really received well. We've got a song called What If I Was Nothing. We do a lot of ballads. We're, we're mostly, most of us are, are children of the 80s so that that whole uh, power ballad thing is something that we really enjoyed you know listening to growing up so we do those as well um but we do cover a lot of ground everything from very 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 heavy underground style death metal stuff to what you'd consider you know pop metal or pop rock not not pop rock because pop rock is it's probably not it's probably not rock but pop metal popular metal stuff so uh, but we cover the gambit, so so give us a look. The band is called All That Remains, and and we are All That Remains on uh, all of your socials, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. All right, great. Uh, I'll I'll put all this stuff on the show notes page. And uh, Phil, let's just hope for uh, better days ahead. And thanks a lot. All right, thank you, Tom. All right, everybody, that's our episode. Now, remember, some of you are probably feeling a little stir crazy after what we've all been through. So if you would like to get out there to a live event, not music, unfortunately, but nevertheless a live event, recall that the Mises Institute Supporters Summit is still going on as planned. Jekyll Island, Georgia, October 8th through the 10th, 2020. So make sure you're there. I'll be speaking alongside great luminaries of libertarianism. So check out the details on that at Mises.org slash events. Sheldon Richmond comes back again tomorrow. See you then. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time. Like the sound of the Tom Woods Show? My audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at Podsworth.com.